guys, this is Andrew Frezza, and recently I had the opportunity to be on Stu Brower of WTF Gym Talk, his shoot the shit format for his YouTube channel and podcast, which ended up being a two and a half hour interview. I don't know if he's going to post the full thing, but it should be majority of that posted in the next couple weeks here. And we talked a lot on that episode about how our brand and how our programming has evolved over the last few years both as a CrossFit affiliate while we were still CrossFit Palm Beach, and then through the rebrand and since the rebrand, how we've continued to make changes, if at all. And, and Stu asked a lot of questions about it. I wasn't actually prepared to answer. I didn't know he was gonna go that deep into those questions. So I wanted to use this episode to elaborate a little bit on my thoughts on it and give you guys some, some information about how you might wanna think about evolving your own programming over time. Uh, but I want to start off and talk about this idea of whether or not we still do CrossFit or not, or whether or not even the majority of CrossFit affiliates do CrossFit or not, because I think you can make the argument that the majority of CrossFit affiliates don't actually do CrossFit. Um, so some people have a really inclusive view on what CrossFit is. You know, they look at this, this model of, of uh, constantly varied functional movements at high intensity, and they say, well, that's a lot of stuff. That's F45, that's this boot camp gym, that is you know, fit body boot camp around us, hard, hard exercise works, metabolic, alchemy, iron tribe, orange theory, like do all of those things fit under this umbrella of CrossFit? I understand they're not CrossFit affiliates, but are they doing functional movements constantly varied at, at high intensity? Are they doing the majority of, of what we say when we're trying to create this well-rounded picture of fitness, and both Stu and I are more on this inclusive side. We both feel like, yeah, those things are more CrossFit than they aren't CrossFit, and that we're all kind of doing a version of CrossFit, and even though we've rebranded and we no longer offer CrossFit classes, our FTX program definitely resembles a similar version of CrossFit, and I would make the argument with BeachFit, our boot camp style class, it's 45 minutes and dumbbells and kettlebells and core and cardio focus, that that's still CrossFit. That was actually the running joke for years with us when we were CrossFit is that beach fitters are just doing CrossFit, they just don't know it. Um, so let's talk about this first point, which is are the majority of CrossFit affiliates actually doing CrossFit? And, and the reason I bring this up is because if you look at what is taught in a level one or a level two or level three of CrossFit about programming, it's very different from the way that most CrossFit affiliates actually program. Like how many affiliates do you know that don't actually do consistent heavy days? You know, where, where the entire day is built around a single lift and that's all you're doing for that day? Or how many affiliates do you know that do strength plus Metcon three to five times a week, which is not CrossFit? You know, you never see that on CrossFit.com or you rarely see that on CrossFit.com. So if you're doing it three to five times a week, that doesn't really match up with CrossFit's year programming. You know, how many affiliates never program a 5K row or a 5K run or 10 by 100 meter sprints or an entire day built around just handstand walking or just rope climbs? There's a lot of affiliates that aren't checking those boxes. So you can make the argument that a lot of the affiliates out there that program in the style that I'm talking about are not programming CrossFit. Um, I actually did some quick research for this podcast, and I looked at CrossFit.com's workouts, and not too long ago, there was a seven-day stretch. I'm going to read you off four of the workouts 
in a seven-day stretch, and this was a couple months back. Wednesday was a 5,000-meter row. Friday was a heavy day, just seven-by-three thrusters, nothing else. Saturday was just 30 rope climbs for time. And that next Tuesday was another heavy day, five-by-three weighted pull-ups. So I know a lot of affiliates out there that would not program a single day that looks like any of those four. I know certainly we would not program a single day that looks like any of those four, whether we were a CrossFit gym or not, yet we're still calling them CrossFit gyms. Okay, so I don't want to necessarily make this podcast about that. I just want to kind of set the framework, which is that, you know, everyone's definition of CrossFit is, is different and there's a lot of flexibility to what that definition could be, especially when we're talking about the nuts and bolts of programming. And, and so often our views and our approaches to CrossFit are skewed by our own individual lenses or even our clients' lenses. It's what our clients think CrossFit is. Like we have a lot of clients that have come from other gyms and those clients think that based on the gym that they started with or based on finding out about CrossFit through watching the CrossFit games, their thought on or views on CrossFit is maybe centered more on this competitive approach or this strength plus Metcon format that they define as CrossFit. And actually, if you do something that looks more like a 5,000 meter row or you do something that looks like a heavy day, you might have a lot of your clients telling you, hey, this isn't CrossFit, you're not CrossFit enough, yet you're actually programming as close as it can be to the true essence and heart of what CrossFit is. So I wanna talk about how we've evolved our programming away from CrossFit's really traditional model over the years, or even what's expected at most affiliates, and, and a little bit around why we've done that as well. So one of the biggest changes that we've made over the years is we do a lot of tempo stuff at our gym, and we're not afraid to put tempos in a Metcon when appropriate. So that could look like a, a Metcon of deadlifts and push-ups and box jumps where the push-ups or a deadlift, the deadlift has a 2-0-X-1 tempo on it. And simply all we're doing is adding a little bit of control to those movements in the context of a conditioning setting where you don't jeopardize the ability to still push yourself and, and go really hard in that workout. But when you step up to do your push-ups or when you step up to your, do your deadlifts, you're still required to maintain that really good form and control through that movement. We do a lot of tempos in our strength settings as well, isometric holds, pauses, and things like that that you don't see a lot of through a traditional CrossFit.com. Another thing that we do a, a lot of is supersets. So you rarely will see supersets in a CrossFit setting, um, in a CrossFit.com setting. It's oftentimes gonna be a pure heavy day where it's just like push jerks, seven by three, thruster, seven by three, weighted pull-up seven by three, or it's gonna be your traditional AMRAP couplet or triplet or your you know five rounds for time couplet or triplet. You're not really gonna be doing, okay, in a three minute window, hit a set of bench press, hit a set of strict pull-ups, and then rest the remainder. Um, there are a few workouts like that, but you're gonna, that's gonna be few and far between. What you really will almost never see is where it's like a primary strength, an entree strength, plus an accessory movement where you're doing bench press plus banded pull-aparts, or you're doing deadlifts plus a Cossack squat, or um, you're doing a weighted pull-up and then you're doing um, broad jumps or hamstring curls or something as an accessory movement. 
those types of accessory movements are things that we're going to do a lot of. We, we really try to pay attention to minimizing downtime, or maybe a better way to say that is maximizing downtime. So you're never resting for too long, where you're just purely resting, but we're doing complementary stuff that we can continue to coach, we can continue to keep people active, but we don't mess up the entree for that day or the focus for that day. Another big change for us is that we don't do any prescribed weights except for our benchmark days. So we typically aim for one benchmark or repeat workout a week. And on those other days, we don't do any prescribed weights. So we're typically gonna describe that, that weight or that choice, not of, hey, guys should hit 95 pounds, ladies should hit 65 pounds, but all athletes should choose a weight that they can do 15 reps unbroken of when fresh, and during the workout, we suggest breaking this up in two to three sets to kind of manage your pacing throughout. So that prescribed weights, no prescribed weights, no RX is a big difference for us. We use fitness, performance, and sport, so we can still challenge our more competitive or athletes that want to do higher technical skills, and we can do more fitness options for people that want to stay strict, they want to do more tempo stuff, they don't want to be upside down, they want to kind of minimize their risk versus reward equation and, and, and skew that in the appropriate direction. We don't do any kipping handstand push-ups or kipping dips anymore. We still do kipping pull-ups, we still do kipping toes to bar, but we've completely eliminated kipping handstand push-ups and dips specifically just because we don't feel like either of those has a very good application. The dips is just kind of funky and the kipping handstand push-up, we've actually found that even athletes that have moved decently well with that, we've still had a lot of athletes that have come away with like spine or neck issues from doing that. And we just feel like the risk reward on that isn't worth it. And then when it comes to those like kipping pull-ups, we're probably more like a 60-40, 50-50 split on that, where you're gonna see strict versions of that motion way more or a little bit more than you're gonna see even kipping motions for pull-ups. We also incorporate a lot of functional bodybuilding into our programming. So that could be, this is, that's the term stolen from Marcus Philly. If you guys don't know who he is, I would definitely recommend um, checking him out and following him. But he's come from a CrossFit background and he's integrating the principles of bodybuilding with kind of the functionality of CrossFit. So that could be movements like Z-press, body saws, uh, cyclist squats, elevated split squats, gorilla rows, bicep curls and tricep extensions, uh, hamstring curls, banded rows, banded lat pulldowns, uh, banded face pulls. These are types of movements that you don't see in a lot of CrossFit settings. You know, they might have kind of been pushed away or pushed to the side because they're too, too much bodybuilding, too much isolation. But we really feel that these, are, these can be excellent movements when uh, dosed with these more compound movements. And then another big piece is taking that high intensity piece of CrossFit and opening that up to more moderate and lower intensity stuff as well. Um, high intensity is great for the right people. And I think everyone needs to dose some level of higher intensity relative to their own abilities at some point. But if you look at the, the totality of a week, you look at the totality of a month, for someone that's gonna be working out five, six, seven days a week, we don't wanna be chasing high intensity every day. We wanna have days that are sustainable efforts. We wanna have days that are more um, 
for skill or for quality or lower intensity days, or maybe just a strength focused day, like, like a heavy day, right? Um, where you're taking a lot of rest in there. And, and obviously CrossFit, when they talk about that, it's, it's relative to that day. So high intensity doesn't mean you're always on the floor because in a heavy day, you shouldn't finish on the floor after a major set of push jerks. But oftentimes, whenever there's a conditioning element to it, it's gonna be a higher intensity feel in CrossFit. And, and we really like doing some aerobic work, aerobic work at lower heart rates where it is more sustainable. We also like to do increasing effort days as well where you might start slow and build with time. That kind of fits in that same category of this building this aerobic engine, building different energy systems. And um, you know, CrossFit just kind of builds its different energy systems almost through like just different time domains and different modalities, but we try to do it more through different effort levels as well. Um, and I mentioned it before, but for quality days, not for time days, usually this is gonna look like a higher skill day or a bodybuilding focused day where the movements really shouldn't be or don't lend themselves well to higher intensity. And we might say, okay, you got a 15 minute clock and let's go through uh, these three movements for quality and just when you feel you know rest is needed when you feel ready to hit the next set hit the next set and then move on to the next movement and and just kind of take it at your own pace take your rest as needed you'll still be sweating throughout but the goal is to kind of keep a moderate heart rate and just focus on the quality of each of those pieces so I hope this gives you guys an idea of kind of tangibly how we've evolved our programming throughout the years and how you can think about evolving your programming to be your own style. You know, for us, it's not, we're not trying to be different from CrossFit. We're not trying to be, to necessarily separate ourselves. We're trying to take, we're trying to create the best results for our clients. And we're trying to look from a first principles approach of, for these clients that we work with, what is gonna give them the best mix of the, the goals that they wanna achieve, you know, gaining some muscle, losing some fat, challenging themselves, learning some new skills, trying some new things, um, having fun workout formats that are different, um, having longevity in this fitness modality and, and potentially this sport as well, where they can do this for decades and not just for years and that get burnt out. And I think a lot of these elements that we're talking about really take more of this component of longevity and risk versus reward and flip that equation more in our favor than I think the traditional CrossFit approach does. Okay, so if you guys have any feedback, don't hesitate to reach out, andrew at fittown.com, and we'll see you in the next episode.